Hey, welcome to the Past Control Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan, and in this week's episode, myself and Mike sit down and talk about the latest in video games and nerd culture. Before we get into that, a few housekeeping things. This week's episode of the Past Control Podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Goodnight Fatty, the North Shore's premier late-night cookie pop-up, but more on them later. As always, you can find us on the internet at PassTheController.io, on Twitter and on Instagram at PassController, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash PassController. Love us? Want to support us? Easiest way to do that? Share the show. Leave a review on iTunes. Or you want to give us some money, have some couple bucks to spare? Patreon.com slash PassTheController or PassTheController.threadless.com. And enjoy this week's episode of the Pass the Controller Podcast, episode 124. fucking week i don't know about you but it's been a long one you know i had someone reach out the other day about the podcast how much they enjoy it and one of the things they said was i love the podcast so much but there's a little bit too much swearing for me and i was just like oh i'm really sorry like you know kind of, that's just kind of the show though we're not going to change it he goes no i'm asking you to change it i still listen to it it's just a lot for me i'm like okay Thanks for letting me know. Mm-hmm. But they said, they said other nice things. They were like, oh, you know, uh, I, I listen to the show so that I can, like, tell, like, figure out what games to buy. Like, they use it as, like, a, oh, like, that's a cool game. That would be good to play with my friends, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So. Oh, all right. Like <laughs> I'm not making it up. Why would I make that up? I don't know. I mean, if that person's listening to this episode, they're going to be like, wow, that's me. Yeah, it was you. If you sent me, if you slid into my Instagram DMs on past, well, the past controller Instagram DMs to leave that comment, that's you. I'm not going to call you out specifically, but it is what it is. Anyways, Mike, we're here. It's episode 124. I'm exhausted. I don't know about you. Mm, well, I believe you started this by saying sleepy boy something, something, something. You? To me. Yeah. All right, so I guess that answers your question. But you're always a sleepy boy. Alright then, don't ask me this. don't ask me questions you have the answers to. I just want you to you know, I just want you to be my guy. You know what I mean? No. I just want you to be my guy. Not like in that way, just in like you know, the way. No. Like you're my guy. And no. Anyways. So it's twenty nineteen, Mike, and I made this declaration on Twitter about my uh resolution this year. Did you see this? I did not. Do you have any resolutions? No. Do you ever make a resolution? Why should I lie to myself? I, listen, I'm. I mean, I don't. I normally don't. But uh, this is one that I feel like is important. I feel like it will benefit me, and I feel like it will benefit the show. Okay. And it's I'm going to hold myself to finishing games this year because I feel like I play a lot of games every year, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't actually finish a lot of games. Like if I look back at games that I finished last year, The Messenger, um, Celeste. I don't know. There might be another couple sprinkles in there, but th- those are the games that I completed. You know what I mean? Where it's like I played, I don't know, 70 games or something probably. Mm-hmm. I completed two. Maybe there's a few more in there that I didn't complete. Obviously, a lot of time gets spent with things like Smash or Overwatch. 
So like those are games you don't complete. You just play them forever. Yeah. I guess you can kind of. Uh, you can unlock everybody in Smash. Which I've done that. Unlock all the Willy Wonks and. But I haven't done that. I haven't beat West West of Light World of Light. Okay. You know what I mean. So there's there's definitely some things I got to complete. So what I'm doing is I am keeping a list which I can pull up my phone here of every game that I play this year every game that I've started this year so play this year would be like I've played Overwatch but I didn't play it for the first time this year mm-hmm. but it's on my list because I've played it this year you know what I mean mm-hmm. so games that I've played in the past that I play again this year will be under that column then there's games that I've started this year like um, I don't know Starlink <laughs> when I put that in later will be a game that I've started this year. And then there's games that I've finished this year. And I'm off to a record start. I've already finished a game, Mike. Oh, wow. That's, that's a good start, right? It's like banging up my, banging up my, uh, you know. Is it, I don't know if I could call it a great start. I mean, for all I know, you, like, sat on Spider-Man and then this morning, like, all right, let me take one more picture and beat the game. <laughs> so... Spider-Man will hopefully join the list of games I've completed this year, but I, this was a game that I did s- technically start in December, and it's really not a long game, but I started it and only played it for a short period of time, and then I banged it out a couple days ago, uh, which was Gris. Mm-hmm. Um, phenomenal indie game. It's I, I debated whether or not... like Basically, that's my resolution. And I'm going to hold myself to it, and hopefully it means I finish and play a lot of really awesome games this year. Like, my plans include a lot of backlog stuff. Like, the other part of it is not just completing games, but, like, on top of completing new games, completing my backlog. Mm. I know I won't finish my backlog, but if I start chipping away at it, I won't feel so bad when I buy a game like Starlink for no fucking reason today. Of course. Um, So in regards to Gris, it's like... I... I struggle with if it's a game I would want to... Not, not that I wouldn't recommend it, because the game's phenomenal, but I feel like I'd have to recommend it under the guise of, like... I'd have to make it clear to the person I'm recommending it to what they should be expecting from the game. Because it's definitely not a game for everybody. It's a game I would love everyone to play, but it's not for everybody, if that makes sense. Yeah. So... Do you know a lot about it or anything about it or no? Nope. So, gorgeous, amazing art style. I believe it's all hand drawn, um, but it may not be. But it's it's gore. It literally looks like you're playing a watercolor painting, especially with key moments in the story when they happen. It you're basically taking a black and white world and bringing the color back is part of the kind of story to it. Um, there's there's no dialogue. The story is is moving like there's there is something there for you you kind of have to interpret it yourself um but there's definitely like i was reading online that there's it's supposed it's supposed to be like every act is like a stage of grief Mm -hmm. which i can see that if that's the way it's supposed to be i didn't look to see if that's like what the the game if nomada studios if that's what they actually sit like is are saying the story is but i can see if if it, that's not what they're saying why people would derive that um but the art fantastic the music incredible um not typically super challenging and not really long i think i completed it in like under two hours so not a long game 
not a very challenging game, but it's a it was a really awesome experience, and it was probably one of the best ways I could have started off this year as a gamer, as far as like a game I can feel good about completing, like th- especially for this type of resolution that I'm trying to do for myself. Mm-hmm. Just the style of game that it was, it's it's up my alley, like completely, just with the art direction, the music, uh, design, and just how the game presents itself as a whole. I will say it's it's published by Devolver. Devolver is making amazing choices with the games they decide to pick up and publish. We get Ape Out coming next month. I mean, we've had a handful of amazing titles last year and then plenty of stuff prior to last year that were just, you know, awesome games. Hotline Miami, Enter the Gungeon, all, all these types of just their portfolio of indie games that they de- de- uh, publish, they don't develop, sorry. He's uh, top tier for sure. If you were going to make a nerd resolution, what would it be? Um, doesn't have to pertain to video games. It can be anything. Anime, comics, right. movies. Would just finish the shows I've been meaning to finish. What would be, like, give me a list of like some of those in shows that you need to bang out. Uh... Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, uh, Black Lightning, Arrow I could stand to catch up on, just find out what place to watch Fringe, so I should probably finish up Fringe, uh, definitely finish Mad Men, I'm sitting on that one for a while. I thought you you never finished that show? I never watched the last season. That's, maybe I did know that. I, it, this has been the case for like the last, that show ended like what, five years ago now? I, I. I don't know. It never. I mean, I never watched it, but it didn't catch my interest from yeah. It, it the way it was marketed, I guess. Um, that was just off the top of my head. These are shows that I've started and not finished. I'm not even talking about shows I didn't start yet. Yeah. Um, Punisher. Punisher, I didn't start yet, so that was different. Uh, I mean, yeah. it, not a bad, not a bad thing to consider. But, uh, no. I'm not going to hold myself to some sort of uh, accountability here. I, I think it's uh, I think it's worth it. I think it's... Uh, Don't get me wrong. It's a good idea if I want to go into this year and make a resolution that doesn't actually benefit me as a person. But oh, no, that would 100% benefit you as, like, as a person. Just me as some sort of selfish desire, but... There's benefits outside of selfish desire to come from that type of stuff. I can. The only benefit I would have is I could finally text on and be like, "Oh yeah, Jessica Jones season two was pretty good." That is that is my benefit. To be fair, that's not a selfish desire though, so it would be outside of the realm of what you just said. But I mean, I don't know. I, I look at it a little bit more philosophically. Like, there's a lot of like. I played God of War. I enjoyed it. It didn't hook me like it seemed to hook most of the fucking world. And everyone says that story is incredible. And I feel like as a person who cares about video games and nerd culture would benefit from finishing it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Outside of just like, cool, I don't have to worry about that game on backlog anymore. More so like, awesome, now I have this other piece of media to add to my you know pieces of media that i've finished that i can continue to build off of and draw parallels and comment on you know 
everything else is going on in nerd culture. So I'm, I'm excited and I'm excited to hold myself accountable because I always tell myself I'm going to work on my backlog and I never fucking do. And I buy more video games than I ever need to buy. And I get codes from developers for things and all this stuff. And I'm like, I really need to just start banging things out. So I'm excited to hold myself accountable and I'm trying to be public about it on Twitter. That's why like, I was like, I'm going to tweet this out to kind of make a stance with myself, even though no one's going to care. No one's going to see it. The Twitter police aren't coming down on me, but I do, uh, I do hope to keep myself honest in that way, which I, I know you saw that, Yeah. which I, uh, also like when I finished Chris, I was excited. I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking, I'm going to build on that tweet. I'm going to go get to that tweet. I'm going to add a tweet to it. And I'm going to hopefully do that each time I, I finish something. And at the very least, if I can complete one game a month, that'll be a huge victory. That's all that I mean 12 games doesn't sound like a lot, but for the amount of games that I play every year and the amount of games that I don't actually finish, finishing 12 games at the minimum would be a lot. I feel like at least for how I've been in my adult life as a gamer. Um I mean in my younger years, obviously I you don't have a disposable income. You can't waste your money on shit, so you get a game, at least in my case, and it was like, I have this game to play. I gotta, I'm gotta, i going to do everything this game has to offer, even if it's trash. Um, other than that, what, what, are you, what have you been playing, Mike? I know I've revisited a bunch of games that kind of sat in the backseat for a while, but what, what about you? What's going on with you in your gaming regimen right now? Uh, nothing. Let's see. Nothing. I heard. I heard that last night you were going fucking uh-huh. balls to wall uh-huh. with uh, uh-huh. the boob god himself. Oh, you heard that, huh? Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. You were not going ham sandwich with the boob god himself. I remember. I remember making shadow puppets. You did make shadow puppets, and we fucking crushed those people that match. They never. They never even touched the point that round. I went on like a 15-player kill streak that round and died only because I was like, I'm gonna get extra crazy right now and just try to alt in front of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was all fun and games until we played the last match, which I was very much against, and we got absolutely steamrolled. Yeah, I mean that was our own of our own doing. We all kept. I kept saying like, I want to be done, and then the boop god would make me feel bad about it. I'm like, all right, we'll do one more. I don't know why you let him talk me into these things. He's the boop god. You gotta listen to the boop god. Mike, when we were playing on Ilios, he was fucking serving it up. You know, I wouldn't know because uh, I kept getting hooked and grabbed into this into the well. Really? Oh yeah, I got hooked and grabbed a few times. Well, not grabbed, whatever um, Orisa's thing is called. I felt like Halt. yeah, I felt like every like other minute, I just I would just hear Julian go boop God, and I would just see the kill feed. Another person get booped into the well. Uh, it was half Julian, half me just saying boop god out of, uh, just out of reflex. My favorite thing about when we get on a roll like that in Overwatch, though, whoever it is, I feel like a lot of times it's me being fucking silly pants. Mm-hmm. But I like when we get into grooves that way because even though someone's just being ridiculous, we are winning and it just feels good because we're just like on this roll and having a good time and no one's like either not talking or we gotta make changes or whatever it's just like we're having a fucking blast yeah, I suppose. those are those are the best overwatch matches in my opinion when that when that goes down 
usually for me it's when I'm fucking got that gold hammer swinging it around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why I don't like playing the game. <laughs> but what, you've been playing anything else? Just Smash, a little bit of Overwatch sprinkled in? Uh, yeah, I think I turned on Persona like twice. Ooh. Persona is one of those games that I cannot wait to finish this year, but I also am really enjoying it, so I'm going to take my time. But that is a game that 100% I will finish because it's like completely, completely up my alley. And the best thing about it is that I've been meaning and meaning and meaning to get into anime more. And this is like the best of both for me. It's like giving me that anime fix and giving me a really good JRPG fix. So uh, Persona 5 is just hitting so many, so many fucking bullet points for me on my checklist of like things that I really like. So I'm going to take my time with that one. Hopefully I'll finish it you know, not too late into the year, but that definitely is a game I will finish because I'm fucking in love with it. Um, and honestly, if I do finish it soon and then they do announce another Persona like like with additional content for the Switch, I'll probably fucking buy it again because it's good. It's fucking good. Um, I mean, I've been dipping back, back into Fortnite mm-hmm. a little bit lately, and it's a fucking good game. I hate when people get like mad about it. Like, you cannot like it. It cannot be for you. And I understand it not being a game for everybody. But like, why do you gotta hate a game? Like, just just accept that it's not for you and move on. Go play something that is for you. Like Todd especially is super negative about Fortnite, and then gets like more negative lately about just battle royales in general. And uh, and Todd not here to defend himself. But... Of course. Yeah, whatever. Uh, well, like so, Red Dead Redemption Two. I don't know. I haven't been on the online yet, but I they either announced that a battle royale mode is coming, or they just added it to the game. Mm-hmm. And him and I were texting about that the day that they announced it, and he was all mad about it. And I'm like, Todd, why are you mad that they're adding this? Because I'm just done with battle royales. Well, it's gonna ruin the game. I'm like, it, it's an additional thing. It is what is very popular right now, and as somebody you, uh, yourself, as somebody yourself that likes Red Dead and likes Red Dead Online, you should be happy that they are attacking that because even though that mode might not be for you, 100% they're going to continue to add DLC and modes and other shit to the game and to online. You w- want them to make a mode that makes them money because that then funds them to make additional content. You know what I mean? Like, everything they add to GTA Five Online might not be for everyone that plays it, but it's so successful, and it makes money, that it allows them to, years and years after that game it came out, to continue to add shit to it. That's why, like, with things like the Diablo Immortals announcement, where, oh, we're gonna throw, throw a Diablo mobile game out there. If... If you're a Diablo fan and you think the mobile game isn't for you, A, that's just silly to even think that without playing something that it's just not for you. And that's fine if it isn't for you. I mean, I don't really play a lot of mobile games on my phone. I don't like that as a... If there was a better interface for controlling what I was doing on there, like there's certain games that are fine, like a game where I'm just like tapping, like a puzzle game or something, that's okay, but I don't even really play those on my mobile anymore. But uh, as a fan of Diablo, unless you think they're making a complete pivot to this and not making 
a proper Diablo game or, you know, in the case of Red Dead 2, if they were just pivoting and making a Red Dead Battle Royale and then not supporting anything else and not making anything else in that universe, then yeah, you have, you know, you should be upset about that. But that's not what they're doing. And if this other thing does well for them and it generates all this money, what's up, Navi? Uh, it will allow them to then put more money in time into the other thing that you do want. So I, I don't look at it as a negative thing unless you really believe that the company or the developer or the publisher that is working on whatever it is, you know, re replace Red Dead 2 Battle Royale, replace Diablo Immortals with something else that you care about. Then, yeah, have something you know, negative to say about it if if you really believe that that's what they're pivoting to and not going to make you know the other content that you care about then you know have something to say about it but if they're just looking to bring in additional rev revenue streams looking to bring in new players into that universe you should be excited about that um navi you are just the star of the show right now you can hang out up here it's fine what if she just started talking? What if she just started, like, she'd give me the microphone, Mike? I'd say, go for it, kid. Uh, are they still doing the Paladins Battle Royale? Is that a thing that's still happening? Uh, Realm Royale? Did that already come out? It. I don't know if it's, like, officially, because isn't Paladins itself still a beta? I don't know. Early access? I mean, Fortnite's still a beta. Good for when you boot up, boot up Fortnite, it says, like, this is an early access game or a beta. Imagine they, like, flip the switch one day and the game is, like, even more bonkers. Well, I think... I think it will always just stay in that state because what do they they don't gain anything from changing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? If anything, if they always just say it's early access or beta, if it ever fucks up, that gives them the leeway to say, well, listen, this is a fucking beta. Also, Fortnite's a weird example to use against some of these other things because it's free. Yeah, and they don't gate content. They gate cosmetics, which you can farm V-Bucks. It just takes a long time if you own the actual thing, save the world, you can unlock V-Bucks in that mode, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, granted, you have to pay for it. But, anyways, it's a weird example to put against the other thing because it's free. Um, but as far as I know, Realm Royale is out on PC, and I think it just recently came to PS4. No. I don't know. I don't think it's on Xbox, and I don't think it's on Switch. Mm -hmm. um, why, have you played it? No, it just crossed my mind. Like, oh yeah, everyone was making battle royales, including paladins. Whatever happened to that? I remember like seeing gameplay of it like a long time ago when it was still before this released version. Mm -hmm. It just crossed my mind. I mean, I, again, I don't hate battle royale. I, it it doesn't. It shouldn't affect you in any other way. Like if Smash came out and it was like ninety five percent of the game was Smash Royale, then yeah, maybe I'd be fucking mad about it, but. From what I can tell, any of these games that are adding this stuff, that's not, like, what the game is. So, anyways, I'll get, I'll get off that topic. But I've been I've been dabbling, obviously, Persona 5. Um, Katamari Damacy Reroll for the Switch is probably, hopefully, one of the next games that I finish. Because I've been chucking away at that every other night, every couple nights. Um, which, before you go, you've never played that game either, right? I have not. I downloaded the demo. I haven't touched it. So, I've never played a Kanoari game. And I've always wanted to. It's always been, like, one of those games that, like, I 
appreciate it without knowing really anything about it or ever having played it but i always appreciated it from a distance it was something that just uh, do you have any games or, or like movies or comics that you like you appreciate without being someone that's partaken partook in it probably i'm sure there are shows that i've seen commercials of and like heard about I'm like you know what this is probably like a really good show i just haven't gotten to it yeah Can't so think of anything, but yeah so, so for me katamari is one of those things where it's like i've never played it but i for some reason just appreciate the aesthetic i appreciate the character like i i just i like that people like it like i just i can appreciate it from a distance but now that it's on the switch and i've been getting into it it the game is fine it's fun but it's like it's so bonkers just like i have to just you have to just see it just just the intro itself is just fucking wacky it's great it's like so mm, i don't know i don't know the right word to describe it but i love it and it's fantastic the music is incredible like it almost makes me want to think i don't really think we want katamari in the game and if we're going by sakurai's rules uh the guy i don't think his name is katamari i forget what his name is he's a, he's a prince but uh he's definitely too small to be in smash mm-hmm. if that's sakurai's rules still that's why he said chibi robo couldn't be in the game because he was too small so this guy's miniature, but it's just, I'll show it to you later. Cause it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, and then I just got a code for a few different games. Uh, can I, yeah, I can talk about one of them. I think I'm talking about two of them. Uh, so I got a code for Mamadora reverie under the moonlight, which I haven't had enough time. Cause like I just got it on Friday. I haven't had enough time to really dink into it, dink into it, sink into it um but it i love the pixel art phenomenal um i love the style of the game it's like a really challenging metroidvania kind of so it's it's definitely like right in my wheelhouse i'm very excited to to dig deeper into it Uh, i've already had a conversation with some of those guys over there so really really cool game i don't want to like put a stamp on it or cosign or say go get it just yet because again i haven't had a lot of time to put into it but from my initial playing of it uh i really really liked what i got my hands on so i'm looking forward to diving deeper into that and then the other game i got was uh y2k i believe it's called y2k a modern rpg or a postmodern rpg or something uh, but i haven't had a chance to dig into that yet but i'm excited to check that out so i can't really say much about it since i really haven't done anything also it, it's not out yet so i don't really know how much i can say I have a list of things I can and can't talk about. Anyways, we'll, we'll just move on from that. Um, I started... Were you in the Xbox party last night when I brought up that I was re-watching some Rick and Morty stuff? You had definitely said something about Rick and Morty, and I forget what it was, but you... Yeah, I just... I've been re-watching random episodes, because I just... I don't really watch TV, and... I don't know, I get fucking Hulu just sitting on every device I have, so... Mm-hmm. So I'm throwing some fucking Rick and Morty, so I've just been kind of feeling filtering that in lately because I, I mean i watch office reruns a lot and i was like i'm gonna throw some rick and morty in there kind of refresh my brain with some of these jokes that show's good yeah. show's real good do you have a favorite episode mm. or like a top tier episode i think you asked me this before and i feel like i might have said something about vindicators part two being super funny to me for some reason is that the new noob episode it's. I think it's in like the most recent season. There's only one episode with the Vindicators, right? 
as far as I can tell. Yeah. So yeah, it's the new new episode. Yeah. Oh, they said new new. Oh no. New, new. It's called Vindicators Part Two, but they never showed up previously. Right. But they, they Rick the and Morty kept saying that they were in previous ones. They previous okay. Ones. Uh, yeah, that's a good episode. What What did I watch last night? I watched something. I watched um, the Toxic episode. Yeah, that's what you were talking about. Yeah, because yeah, I said that would be that would be Todd. Um, that's a good episode too. There, there's a lot of really good jokes in there. I enjoy rewatching it. It's a it's a good rewatch. If you haven't watched any episodes in a while, Mike, it's not a bad to just kind of pop one in. Every once in a while, they show up on Adult Swim, and I like catch part of it. There's like I feel like there's an episode that I've been trying to rewatch on that show, and I can't find it for some reason. I don't know what episode it is. And right now that I'm saying this, I can't re- reference any part of it. But there's like a specific episode that I want to rewatch, and I can't remember. I watched uh, Pickle Rick recently too. Still not my favorite episode. I wouldn't call it my favorite episode either. There are parts I enjoy. I don't get how that one kind of broke out of the zeitgeist of the show. Uh, I I couldn't tell you. I, I honestly, the fans in general, I couldn't. I can't get a handle on. It. I the thing that I don't get is like. I don't know. Maybe I'm just jaded when it comes to stuff like this. But like when when we were still in high school, yeah, we were we were like either seniors or juniors in high school when when the Chappelle Show was on. Uh no. Yeah, we were still in high school. Chappelle Show. It. I think it might have even ended in two thousand three, two thousand four, which would have made us freshmen or sophomores. Yeah, so we were in high school. We were in high school. Yeah, yeah. So I okay, got the year wrong, but we were in high school. Yeah, because we yeah, I remember I remember vividly, uh, the Rick James episode airing while we were in high school. It did because everyone was fucking talking about it, and as someone who loved loved Chappelle before the show, like I've seen all the stand up prior to that, mm-hmm. and loved the Chappelle show, I was like, it's a funny sketch, but like. In my opinion, it wasn't the funniest thing on Chappelle show. Like, I thought there was stuff that was way funnier than that episode. Mm-hmm. Did you feel the same way or no? Um, I remember finding it very funny. It was very... I mean, I don't really, get me wrong. It was very enjoyable. It was very funny. I don't know if I would have had the same reaction as you. Uh, but I probably... Yeah, might be even giving myself too much credit if I ever thought to myself, like, wow, we've taken this too far, guys. Like, early on. You thought it was taking too far? No, 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 no. I mean, like, the whole... Like, the whole, uh... When people overexpose something, I guess. Not the word I'm looking for. But, like, for instance, I never watched the Borat movie, and, like, everyone was quoting the Borat movie to the point where it was, like, it got annoying real quick. For me, at least. Yeah. I didn't watch the movie. No, so I'm on board with that. So I think we probably did the same thing with that bit in general. See, I... I don't know. To me, it was like, again, I always watched Chappelle. I always watched the Chappelle show. And when we came into school the next day and everyone was talking about it, it was like, it's not the funniest. It's not even like the funny. Like, it just made me, I don't know if maybe mad was the right word. It was just like, why is this what everyone's talking about? When there's been like so many other great sketches on that show and no one ever talked about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So... I don't know. Maybe I'm just a hater when it comes. All of a sudden, I'm sitting here on one side saying Fortnite's a good game. Just enjoy it for whatever. It's popular. Who cares? And I'm over here like, oh, fucking people just like us as the Rick James episode. Pickle dude. Pickle dude. Um, I don't know. It, that was definitely a thing though, for sure. For me at least, where it was like I felt like it was what everyone was talking about. 
the week before, no one was ever talking about Chappelle's show. I'm like, what? Yeah, I don't remember it that much. I remember, I remember everyone talking about it, but I feel like at that point, Chappelle was already pretty popular, so I feel like it wasn't new that everyone was talking about it. I think people were talking about it more, probably, with that episode. I think it was just easy to quote. Yeah, I guess. So is that what it is? We just gonna you gotta make an episode of something where you just scream like a two word thing. I'm Pickle Rick, bitch. I'm Rick James, bitch. Is that all you gotta do? You can really just throw a bitch on anything. I mean, that's why people keep calling Jesse too. Well, his is just bitch. Yeah. Oh fuck, you're right. It's just bitch. That's what you need. So what you're saying is. To really, say, to really break out of our shell, we yes. need to just change the name of this to the Path to Controller podcast, bitch. Right. Done. Done and done. Clip that out. It's a wrap. Okay. We're going to fucking break out of the fucking cultural zeitgeist of uh, video juegos, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, I don't even know how we got on that topic, no. Rick and Morty. So... Before we get into the two really bigger, meatier topics of this episode, uh, I do want to ask you, on the last episode, I brought up Bandersnatch. Mm-hmm. You've had a chance to watch it. Yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on this uh, this interactive film? Um, you know, in terms of novelty, it was fun. Um, story-wise, it was, I mean, whatever. Uh, I probably got three or four different endings. Okay. I think. Um, and I think I want to say because I looked at articles after the fact. I think I probably got like the four or five main endings, probably. Okay. And, uh, did you? Did I send you the the chart of like how to get to where? Uh, you never sent me the chart, but like I could look for the chart. And yeah. Well, the, at the least chart the, was like really big though, so I never bothered reading it, reading it. Yeah, I I did only because it fucked with my brain so much that I just wanted to see. I'm like, did, did I get to the actual ending or whatever? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to spoil it, just because in case someone's listening to this and cares about Bandersnatch, I don't want to spoil anything about it. But I will say, the 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 choice that I kept referencing mm-hmm. that Jen was like, you're a fucking sociopath. Yeah. Did I ever tell you, you after the fact? I never no. told you, right? So the so if you really don't want to know any of the decision making in Banner Snatch, skip ahead forty five seconds and we'll be off this. The starting right now. So after you choose when you're talking to the computer and it's like, tell me what like did it like make you say like you're watching me and like show me a sign? Yeah. And you had to show the fucking whatever the glyph. Mm-hmm. You go downstairs with the dad. Yeah. And it says kill him or back off. Yeah. What did you pick? Um, I probably chose back off first. So did I. And then it makes you repeat it, right? Yes. So at that point, we have already gone through a few segments where we had to get, we had to repeat it. Mm-hmm. Um, so knowing that in my brain, like, okay, like if we, if we go back through this and I pick back off again, it's like, I know it's going to be a loop again. So I pick the other thing right away, knowing that like, this is clearly a decision that it's forcing you to make. Mm-hmm. And she got all bent out of shape. That's when she was like, you're a fucking sociopath. I'm like, was- I'm like, I'm on a sociopath. And then like shortly after, like right after it makes you make another decision, yeah. chop it up or bury it. Mm-hmm. And I picked chop it up right away mm-hmm. because in my brain, she's like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, Jen, 
they clearly showed us a dog at the beginning of this yeah. thing. I'm like, if I bury him, the dog's going to dig him up. Mm-hmm. That's not what happens because we did choose both options. But anyways. No, in one of mine, because I, I went through both. In one of mine, the dog did dig it up. Oh, weird. That didn't happen to me. And that wasn't on the chart either. Maybe the chart was wrong. There was one. Like, I, when I buried him there, I, like, I knew, oh, they're going to reference, that doll's going to come back into play. But I think that that outcome is also dependent on another choice earlier on, I think. Oh. Like, there's a couple choices. I read through the whole chart. I didn't, definitely didn't see anything with the dog coming back up, but... I mean, you could be right. The chart could be wrong yeah. because I did read another thing that said that there was a specific route of events that, according to Netflix or whoever, who who makes Black Mirror? I'm not clear. I'm not sure. So whoever, someone involved with the film said that there was a route that was has not been. No one has like mm-hmm. Netflix must be able to track all the choices that get made, Maybe. or how I, many or how many times or whatever. Yeah. However, it fucking works. I read something that said said that from them. Netflix says there's a route that has not been chosen yet. Mm. So, who the fuck knows? Mm. There's also apparently a way to play a game on there or something. I don't know about that. I know that there is a... and I'm, I We're way past the 45 sex, so just yeah. be careful about spoilers. But I know, but um, I know I had read that there was another, another outcome that would happen if you made the same choice twice. And it would give you a different outcome. And I read what the outcome was, and I already forget what it what it is and now i can't remember what the choice was i did make for try to find it for me after this or remind me and i'll try to look for it because I, I actually meant to look more into certain things and i just yeah. never did there was one outcome that i thought was super weird and i'm not going to go into it but the first few um endings i got mm-hmm. after after it was like clearly the end it would pop up in the corner watch credits or give me the option to go back to a previous choice to kind of Oh, okay. There was one ending that I got that it did not do that. It just played through the credits, and like there was a short clip that played after that, and then it was over. Yeah, so it, at least according to the graph that I used, eventually we got to the true ending. Because that's what I wanted to get to, was the true ending, true. if there was one. And according to the thing that I was reading, that was it. Yeah. Because after, after we finished it, and after it like officially, quote, stopped, mm-hmm. and brought us back to like the Netflix menu... That's why I looked up the, the graph, or maybe Joe sent it to me. I think Joe might have sent it to me first, and I was like, whoa, I'm not reading that until... I don't know. If someone sent it to me. Maybe it was Joe. I don't fucking know. Um, so, yeah. yeah but at some point, I'll at least try those other options, or if I can get someone else to watch it, too, just so I can see what they what they get on the first try. Yeah, I mean, what else? what I'll say is this, and I think this is how I left it on the last podcast, was that... I like the idea of this. I hope Netflix doesn't start becoming like oversaturated with shit like this, which I'm sure it, it probably sounds, will. It sounds like a few of them might have already existed. This might just be like the the bigger one. The bigger one. I would be interesting to see more more takes on this done well. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't need a million things on there, but I would I would like to see more things in this style. I mean, when I was younger, again, not a big reader, but I did read Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventure. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, I would just skip through and not really read all of it because, again, I hate reading, apparently. so. Yeah, I had one Goosebumps um, Choose Your Own Adventure one that I remember never quite beating it, especially because in this particular one, I think I was going through a museum and I was supposed to like keep inventory of like the things I pick up 
Ugh, like, like take like, notes? Like they had like a page for me to like write down Ugh. what items I had. And I, like I never pulled that off and basically I got to a point where I was just kind of flipping through reading what the different endings were. And then I had I don't know if I had both or just one. The Animorph series did have two choose your own adventure books. Hmm. I know I had at least one of them. I, I thought you I had, had all the Animorphs. I had almost all the Animorphs. Right now? Don't you have all of them? Right now I still have what I had before, which is almost all of them. We gotta finish that collection, Mike. You need to you need to go through catalog and find out which ones you're missing and we can make a I, point I to find them. I know which ones I'm missing. The, the books are numbered and like all the special ones. Right, so let's get a list of the ones you're missing and let's mm-hmm. fucking track those motherfuckers down. It doesn't matter. You could have had that full set. Is it worth money? Full set of animals? Probably not, especially since the condition some of my books are in. My book number five is fucking falling apart. What'd you do with that book? Nothing. I think I just like that book. What's the story of book five? Uh, that's the one where Marco finds out his mother was Visceral One. I don't know what he's talking about, but you know Mike is not fucking around with book number five. Since you just pulled the plot of that book, out I mean of that was fucking... like the, that was like the, basically the end of the book, like the big reveal. It's the one where Marco like molds into a gorilla Spoilers? in the front. Spoilers, jeez, Mike. Book five out of a book of a series of like fifty three books. Spoilers. Mm. You just ruined book five. I'll never have to read book five now. I guess I'll start my Animorphs fucking backlog, and uh, you know I'll just skip over book five. Yeah, do it. Fucking Jesus, Mike. Now, now I have to put in the spoiler the notes of this episode. Spoiler book number five, Animorphs. Yep, you gotta do it. <sighs> I'm not gonna do it. A lot of work for you. I'm not gonna do that. It is more work than you imagine. Uh, anyways, before we get into two of the main topics of the show, yeah. uh, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Goodnight Vatty from the Salem, Massachusetts area on a Friday or Saturday night from seven to eleven. Make sure to head on down to Higginson Square and get yourself a delicious fatty. And if you're unaware of what a fatty is, you can check them out on social media at Goodnight Fatty and educate yourself on these tasty, scrum diddlyumptious treats. And when you do head down to Goodnight Fatty, let them know past the controller sent you. Um. Anyways, Mike, moving on to one of the bigger topics of the show, mm-hmm. which the topic itself you probably won't care too much about, but what it could mean is interesting. So Bungie and Activision have split. Mm-hmm. You've seen this, I'm sure. Yeah. It's kind of a big deal. So basically, this can go in a lot of different ways right now. They went they basically got the publishing rights to Destiny. I don't know what else Bungie did or didn't have the rights to, so I don't know if they have other IPs or stuff like that they've that they have tucked away. Um, but what this means for the future of Destiny is interesting to speculate on. Um, clearly, Activision Blizzard has buckets of money, so pulling away from that is, you know. They have full control of what they do with the IP now, which is great. And if you're a Destiny fan, you should be excited about that. You should be pumped that the people who care the most about the property have full creative control over it. But that comes at a cost, which 
right now, you know, that's not something that's very clear. Um, they do have a partnership of some sort with NetEase, which is a Chinese uh, gaming company that has their hand in a lot of stuff, but a lot of the games that they actually publish are mobile games. So some people are like, oh, great, now they're going to make a Destiny mobile game, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Nothing like that has been said, nor do I anticipate anything like that happening. Um, NetEase, from what I could gather, has a minority share in like one seat on the board. So they do have some power, but not enough power to be like, yeah, we're making, you know what I mean? Mm. At least from what I gather from that, I'm, I'm not sitting in a boardroom, nor do I know how all of that stuff shakes down but from what i can gather a minority share means that you don't have a majority power yeah, that, that makes sense right yeah so i wouldn't be too worried about like destiny abandoning what it is and becoming some mobile thing or, or whatever at this point at least and again my same argument in the past in early in this episode with with you know diablo immortals or something like that if what destiny needs to additionally do if what bungie needs to do additionally is make some sort of mobile thing that is ancillary you don't have to pay for it you don't have to buy it you can choose to ignore that but it does bring in additional revenue for them you should be happy that the company that is making the game that you care about has additional revenue that maybe they choose to not also charge you for other shit in, De in destiny this uh the other interesting things that, that kind of pop up from that, especially when it talks about monetization, the current model that Destiny runs on is... I've stepped away from Destiny, so I haven't played in a while, but at least when I still play Destiny 2, the Eververse was a thing, which I don't know if that has ever changed, but it was like a... pretty much like, I think, cosmetics only, but you had to spend real money to get anything that was ever in that shop. So not like the worst thing... But again, like, you know, trying to get your money. Um, plus, they, they do release additional DLC packs every year, maybe twice a year, that are, you know, hefty 40 bucks, 60 bucks, whatever. I think just, I think the Forsaken, which is the most recent one, just became 30 bucks, but I think before it was 50, uh, 40 or 60. Um, so we don't really know right now what the plan is for the future of their DLC model, the future of a potential sequel, Destiny 3, or what the 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 publishing rights are going to be like on PC. I think for right now it's going to stay in Battle.net, but that that could change. There's no it, I'm assuming if they took took came they took their IP away from Blizzard and Activision's hands, they can probably still just keep it on Battle.net for now, but in the future of Destiny 2 or the future of a, of a Destiny 3, especially with what's going on with Steam, Discord, and Epic Games right now, I would not be shocked if if one of those stepped in to say, hey, we're going to give you X amount of dollars to put this game here on PC. Right? Good. Could happen. I mean, I could 100% see Epic do that. They just did it with Ubisoft. Uh, the Division 2 is going to be on the epic game store they took it off of steam hmm. oh off of steam oh that makes sense yeah yeah i'm strictly just talking about pc publishing mm -hmm. right now um i i don't know about the future of destiny 2 but i wouldn't be shocked if 
if there is a Destiny 3, if Destiny 3 is just not on Epic. You know what I mean? They're going to definitely continue to go at Steam in that way of of doing that. Or maybe Activision Blizzard just says, hey, we're going to pony up some money and keep this here. Keep it on Battle.net. I don't know, again, being very removed from the PC, I feel like you know a little bit more than I do. Battle.net is primarily, like, Blizzard stuff, right? Yeah. There's not a lot of other games on there. Yeah, I mean... Call of Duty, probably, because it's Activision? I mean, so basically, whenever I boot up Battle.net, the games listed on the side are all... Blizzard games. Blizzard games. And, then, and you can't play them anywhere else, right? You have to be on have the Battle.net client. client. I have to launch it from there, basically. Okay. Um, the what does that mean? Like, I open it up, and then, you know, I have to open the game from there. Like, it's installed on my computer, but I yeah. have to open it from there. Well, I mean, I guess I can make a shortcut on my desktop. But, then, but you couldn't know. launch it from other some other right. program on your computer. Okay. All right. Let's make sure. Because, I mean, I'm sure there's some games that are available there's on games... Steam and, and other things. So, like, for instance... Um, Discord is now a, a fucking launch or whatever now. It's like you can buy games on there. But when I open up Discord, um, it does see that I have Fortnite and I think two other games probably pop up in there. Mm-hmm. And I can open it up from uh, from Discord. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, the, the other things that kind of are up in the air right now. And again, we don't know the future. Again, if you're a Destiny fan, this should be very exciting for you. More exciting than than not. Um, I think what the Destiny model is currently, it would kind of make sense if they went the Fortnite route of we still want to add these additional DLC packs, but maybe instead of it being like, here's a $40 you know, expansion six months from now, Let's parse it out, make it a longer thing, and like how Fortnite has seasons, you don't have to pay for it, but you can buy the current season, and for the next couple months, like every month or something, there'll be like all these additional missions or story content or whatever it is, Iron Banner, something like that. Like just have these other things that you can play no matter what, but certain things you, if you opt into, spend that you know whatever on the season pass for that get to progress into certain other things that you couldn't otherwise. Um, it may get a little bit more difficult, actually, because, again, Fortnite, Fortnite's model and Overwatch's model both revolve around cosmetics only, not gameplay enhancements or different weapons and armor, where in Destiny, I mean, it's an RPG, so you either PvE or PvP, you are really grinding out your gear, looking for the best gear to get, so... If stuff like that was gated behind things, it, it would be pay to win isn't the right word, but it would it would clearly make it harder for people who didn't opt in to go up against people who have. Right. Um, out of curiosity, I feel like Warframe is the most direct comparison to Destiny. Is Warframe free? How does that how does it work? Uh so Warframe is free, but. There's definitely a focus on microtransaction there, but I haven't played a lot of it. I played a little bit on the Switch, actually, and it's pretty good. It runs very smooth, mm. um, which 
only makes me like angrier that something like Overwatch hasn't been ported to the Switch yet because I play these other things and I'm like these run very smoothly. There's clearly people who are capable of porting games like this to the Switch. What the fuck, Blizzard? Get your money. Get my money. I'm begging you for it. Literally, just take my money. I want to give you 60 bucks. I want to play this game on another platform. Please, I will buy it. Um, but anyways, I don't really know how their monetization model breaks down. And I don't know how how much or if there is any PvP. Because that's, that's the big differentiating thing. If there was no PvP in Destiny, they could go the route of, sure, some stuff is just gated behind money. If you want better equipment and guns, you have to do that. Um, so yeah, I, I could see it being no issue if it was a PvE-only experience where yeah, it doesn't matter if you're more overpowered against the enemies because they're not people that can get mad about it. Whereas if it was mean you hop into a match at overwatch and we don't pay for the whatever and someone else has like a different ultimate for their characters yeah that's an unfair advantage they have against us um that's gated by money so yeah i don't really i don't really know if there is a pve pvp mode of warframe i actually haven't played that since the first couple nights that i was playing it but anyways um but there's just there's more that kind of breaks down with it if uh, in the past two games, so Destiny and Destiny 2, they always had marketing deals with Sony or just they were actually beyond marketing deals where it was there was a bunch of content that would come to PlayStation before Xbox. And I'm talking come to PlayStation and be on PlayStation only for a year if not longer before it came to Xbox. And the really the thing that was really shitty about that as an Xbox player is that the way destiny works, I feel like over time, a lot of their legendary weapons and armor sets become obsolete when like future expansions come out. They're just like, okay, that gun used to be awesome. That armor set used to be awesome. And now it's kind of irrelevant compared to these other newer things. Mm. So the, by the time the new, by the time we would get the stuff from PlayStation, it was obsolete. And I think there were certain things, actually, missions and weapons that never came to Xbox. And then there was some stuff, when it was still on Destiny 1, that came to Xbox when Destiny 2 came out. So it was just like a... It was shitty for Destiny players. Like, I understand why Sony put the money into that. Clearly, it made them the better platform to play on if you were going up against PS4 or Xbox. Mm -hmm. But from from a fan standpoint... It's a really shitty business model, so it'll be interesting to see if they continue that route with them, especially now, again, being independent. They're going to need to figure out how to like put some money in the, their pockets since they don't have Activision Blizzard giving them money. Granted, they don't have Activision Blizzard telling them what they have to do, so it's just interesting. I'm excited. It, it's... A change like this would be something that could pull me back into Destiny because I really think that Bungie are great devs. I think they really care about their community, and I really think they're one of the best at listening to their community. They did it back in the Halo days. They do it as much as they can for Destiny. They're really in tune with what their community wants. So them having full creative control is is exciting because if they're going to continue to be that way, 
now they can actually implement anything they want to do granted again money development time stuff like that so that's that's super exciting for uh, a situation like this with a game like that and honestly with a property that I said this to Todd the other day. I don't think he agreed with me, but I stand by it. As far as first-person shooters goes, I think Destiny, The Crucible, is easily one of, if not the best first-person shooting experience that you can play right now. It's so... The, the, the controls, the input, the feedback... The way it operates, it's so well. Lord Shacks, my boy, like doesn't fuck around. It's just, it all works so well. It's so perfect. You could take out completely the other parts of Destiny. All the single player content, all the PV content, and just be Crucible. Phenomenal. Like, that, that is bar none. Obviously, we're very partial to Overwatch, and I do think Overwatch is great. But... Crucible in Destiny is easily one of the best shooting experiences out there for anybody. Like if you like you can get a copy of Destiny 2 for very cheap. If you just want to check out the multiplayer in certain modes you might be fucking out of luck just because of how you you bring in your 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 weapon and armor sets from single player. Mm. I think um again, I'm I'm removed, but in in destiny the way that you gain levels isn't a isn't it's more so you gain weapon and armor levels and you have a light level so you raise those levels i'm pretty sure the way it works is that in destiny's crucible your light level stuff doesn't matter so like if you have a really powerful gun that you've been working on in the pve stuff when you do raids or play the pve all that stuff matters there but in Crucible, it's just base stats of all those types of things. So, you know, I have a gun. You and I have the same gun. Your light level's way higher. It's a way more powerful gun outside of this. But in this, in here, they're the same thing. I'm pretty sure that's how all modes of uh, Crucible works. There was another topic that I wanted to talk about. But we are running late, so I don't want to push too far. So we'll save that for another day. All right. Quickly though, I do want a little uh, 2019 Mike's in a minute. Are there any animes either returning or new that you're looking forward to this year? Mm, probably. Oh, you want more than that? I mean, yeah. Oh, that sucks. Mike's yeah. Mike's in a minute watch list. Oh, let's see. My you hero. don't even know if this is like a new sh- a new season of a show you like coming back? My Hero doesn't come back until like October. That's still this year. Yeah, but I'm not thinking that far ahead. Uh, so is there anything in the in the near future that you're looking forward to? One Punch Man's supposed to come back, but I forget they gave a date for that. Uh, Mob Psycho already started second season. I mean, those are the three that I think I was watching. Mm-hmm. Then... Yeah, that's it. I was looking at a list the other day of like shows that are starting this year, or at least this season, and I forget all of them. Alright, fair enough. That was Mike's in a minute. That might be the only time it was actually ever just a minute. Yeah, it was good. Um, the last segment that we're going to roll into here before we wrap things up is going to be a new recurring segment 
Oh. Barring the questions make sense. Mm. If you go to patreon.com slash pass the controller and join the $15 tier, one of the rewards that comes with that tier is the ability to ask us questions that we'll potentially talk about on the show. We didn't get any questions today, Mike. All right. But we do have a question from a previous week that we've been kind of pushing off. I think it's not two or three weeks that we haven't. We just, the episodes keep running long, and I want to tighten that up a little bit, which is why I cut the other topic I had. Um, but this Patreon question comes from a good, good, well-known member of our community, uh-huh. Sapphire Jade. I thought it was Todd. Uh, yeah, Todd. Uh, this question is, and this is actually a question I'm really excited to answer. This is one of the best questions we ever got. Uh, something I'd personally, this is the question now, not me. Mm-hmm. Sapphire J says, something I'd personally like to hear about in depth as someone who's never played fighting games. What's the appeal? What's the difference from one game to another? And what makes or breaks a game? Roster controls? Question mark. Thank you, Jade, for writing in. And you too can write in and ask those questions at patreon.com slash pass the controller and give us some of your money. But, uh, I mean, I'm a big fighting game guy. Yeah. You're at least a somewhat fighting game guy. I suppose. Smash is a big part of your life. Yeah, but that's it. It's still... It's still a fucking game. Yeah, but then I can't answer the rest of the question because well, that's like, fine. I can't compare it to other fighting Well, that's games. fine. So you don't need to. So I will, and you won't. But what makes Smash important to you? Uh, I, I like punching things. That's not true, because if you did, you'd play other fighting games. I like punching things with electricity and fires. I can name other games you can do that. Well, which one of them has a Falcon Punch? Well, you didn't say Falcon Punch. That's a different story. You, you, got, fire. you have five games that you can... Hit someone with a falcon punch. Yeah, and I played all of them. They're all pretty good. Although, actually, I will say that uh, since I didn't play a lot of Smash 64, I played a lot of Smash 64, but uh, that was I was too young to really know how to do things. So, like, all I was doing was Pikachu down B. Like that was that was my. Move. You're one of those guys, huh? One of those guys. I mean, I also got my. Well, I mean, obviously, I got my Smash start in Smash 64, but I was playing fighting games before that. Uh, for for me, as someone who's never played fighting games, what's the appeal? For me, the appeal is, I don't know. It's kind of weird, actually. This is something that I've talked to Joe about. This would have actually been a really – part of the reason why I was holding off on this, too, to the full disclosure, is I was hoping we could get Joe on here soon to answer this question because Joe is also a big fighting game aficionado. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, I digress. For me, I grew up playing – street fighter so i have an appreciation for street fighter and for fighting games but and i don't know if this is a a, for or against other fighting games but when you look at things and this kind of is kind of going to answer a lot of your questions here so like when it comes to controls street fighter controls a certain way Tekken controls a certain way, unlike Street Fighter. Mortal Kombat controls a certain way, unlike that. Same thing goes on and on. Killer Instinct, Smash, obviously. There are some games that have similar inputs, like a lot of anime fighters are very similar in some of their inputs and like maybe base techniques. But when it, when you look at some of the 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 longer running franchises like a Tekken or a Street Fighter or a Smash, those all have their own kind of 
not meta. I mean, they do have that too, but that's not what I'm looking for. I'm just looking for, I guess, just a baseline level of of technique where if you look at something like Smash Brothers, you, you, if you had to break Smash down into like basics, it would be you need to know how to recover. You must recover. You need to know how to recover. You need to understand... And Smash is a little bit different because you can play casually and play competitive. You can turn items on and off, blah, blah, blah. So, like, you need to have an understanding of how the items work for the most part or how to use them. And, you know, understanding the difference between Smash attacks and special attacks. That's, like, the basis of Smash. Well, I mean... And knocking, you have to knock your opponent off the stage. Where in mostly any other fighting game, it's about taking their health bar to zero. In Smash, the object is to knock them off the stage. Right. Until they can't recover. Or you hit them so hard enough that they can't recover. You hit them into the blast zone, yeah. Basically. Um, whereas, yeah, pretty much any other traditional fighting game is health bar management. Um, when you look at a game like Street Fighter, a lot of the move sets, especially in older legacy characters, because for, for the most part, over time, Street Fighter adds new characters that have different move sets or whatever, but anybody who's been in the game before, their moves don't necessarily change, or their inputs, I guess, don't really change. So, like, for Ryu, if you've ever played a Street Fighter game, if you want to shoot a Hadouken, it's been the same it was since the arcade, since Super Nintendo, since Sega Genesis, up until PS4 and Street Fighter V. The way you shoot a Hadouken has been the same forever. Any other game that has fucking Ryu in it, whether it be Marvel vs. Capcom or even Smash because they want the extra level of detail of putting Ryu's inputs and Ken's inputs into Smash. Um, doing a Hadouken, doing a Shoryuken, doing a, a, a spinning kick. I don't know what the actual name is. It's like Tetsapakanaku or something. I don't fucking know. I'm not going to pretend. Like Basically. I'd, I'd like to not sound like a complete moron um, even though I'm a big Street Fighter guy. But they're all the same thing. A lot of a lot of Street Fighter moves for certain characters are quarter circles, half circles, backwards half circles, stuff like that. Um, but I guess to to get to what's the appeal is it's tough for me to really give the appeal. the The fighting fighting games definitely appeal to a smaller base of players. It's definitely a more niche game. It's not like a a game that everyone cares about a style of game Does that makes sense yeah i mean smash is a different beast because it part of the game thrives off of celebrating all of these legacy characters and franchises with the music the stages the spirits in previous games the trophies all of these things that just reference all of these other things that you love that's a big part of it underneath that it's a deep fighting game it has its depth mm-hmm so it, it does appeal to the fighting game crowd as well. But it, it definitely smashes a completely different beast because it's also just a celebration of all these other things. Whereas a Street Fighter game, yeah, if you're playing Street Fighter V and you grew up playing Street Fighter like myself, you have a connection to certain character stages, music, stuff like that, but it's all contained within that universe. So if you aren't familiar with Street Fighter, you may not care that like, oh shit, they have a costume alternate for this character that was from this game. You know what I mean? Like that may not matter to you. Um, 
So that might not change any whether you how you feel about the game either way. So for me, it's hard to kind of say stuff because again, I grew up on Street Fighter. So to me, I will always prefer Street Fighter games over Tekken over Mortal Kombat. Even though I had, you know, Tekken two and three on my PS one growing up, I had Mortal Kombat three on my Super Nintendo and other Mortal Kombat's along the way. For me, I've always just preferred the input style of of Street Fighter. One of the things that Joe and I talk about a lot is that uh, it's really hard to com- to compare. Like, it's hard for me to say like, "Oh, Street Fighter is better than Tekken for any reason." For me personally, I like Street better Street Fighter better than Tekken, but that's simply because a I grew up on it, and b I prefer those commands inputs where dom likes tekken more but he never really played street fighter so he's used to the inputs of a tekken game also you can be a bear in tekken. you can be a bear i think i think it kind of boils down to if you have a a long standing relationship with these certain games fighting games are fighting games are probably in part similar to real world like fighting slash martial arts because being somebody who's never practiced martial art uh no it's not 95% nostalgia and 5% being a psycho it's it's that you have to a want to like a fighting game you have to want to play a fighting game but as someone who's never practiced a martial art or fighting or boxing or anything like that all of those style they're all styles of fighting you know what i mean where they have different things that they focus on again again very little knowledge of these different disciplines but i'm assuming that like muay thai and i don't know the the one with the kendo sticks i don't fucking know <laughs> the electricity thing that blanca does yeah exactly i'm i'm i feel like a lot of those different disciplines have different core things that they focus their like styles around where some of them are probably more focused on like grabs and some of them maybe are more focused on kicks or something. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Right. Does that sound right to you? I mean, I took like what two, two months is giving myself way too much credit. At some point I did try to learn capoeira just because of Eddie Gordo, but, um, (laughs) I never knew this actually. Yeah. I, I I took classes, um, someplace in like Everett or Somerville. Uh, and their whole thing was like making their dancing look like I mean, making their fighting look like dancing so that way like the guys that they were actually gonna get ready to fuck up didn't know that they were fucking practicing martial arts so like oh okay like they're like dancing it's like oh look at those guys dancing and it's like alright we're gonna revolt later we're gonna kick their ass with this shit yeah um <laughs> so now you learn something about capoeira there we go so that's perfect so Muay Thai and capoeira are probably very different disciplines fighting styles yes. You have to learn to behave a certain way in those uh, fighting situations. I believe Jiu-Jitsu is the one that focuses on grappling. Um, which one uses kendo sticks again? I definitely knew what it was at some point. I don't fucking know. might just be called kendo. Maybe. I didn't want to say it and sound like an idiot. Yeah, whatever. I already sound like an idiot. But anyways, that that, that kind of is the point I'm trying to, to hammer across here is that if you studied capoeira let's just say you kept with it and you studied it for a while and you were really good at capoeira 
it might not be the easiest thing for you to do to then go be like, all right, I'm going to just go try to be good at fucking traditional karate. Yeah, karate off the bat. You could practice at it good, great, no problem, hopefully. But off the bat, you'd be like probably conditioned to be a certain way because of your capoeira training. Right. That's how it is like for fighting games. I grew up on Street Fighter. So a lot of those inputs are ingrained in my brain. So when I go to a game like Tekken or Mortal Kombat, if I don't study movesets in characters and stuff, I can't play those games well because even Street Fighter Five, every time they put out a Street Fighter game, they add different mechanics or, or different like gameplay things that like in Street Fighter Five they have V trigger, which is every character has different V triggers that are like an additional thing that alters the match in some way. I think Ryu has one that like makes his attack stronger or whatever. Like everyone has different types of things. Without knowing V triggers or how to even use them or what each one does for each character, I could still pick up Street Fighter V and play the characters that I'm comfortable with from past games because I understand the button inputs. Or maybe even pick up a new character and still be able to pull off some moves because I understand how a lot of those characters get built around that button input system. Whereas Tekken, I'm at a fucking loss. Mortal Kombat, no idea. I think Scorpion's get over here is like backpack backpack forward punch or something or backpack punch is it still that way i have no idea is a hadouken always a hadouken yes and i know that because i love street fighter um and then all you do is press all the buttons as maxi and then you hit everything that is true uh soul caliber i fucking do love soul caliber actually but again very different style of fighting than street fighter i think roster plays a big role that was one of the other things you said again for me street fighter i have a connection to a lot of these characters so that's another reason why I come back in. But it is a reason why sometimes I don't like a Street Fighter game. We played Street Fighter 30th Anniversary on the stream the other night. I am partial to Street Fighter Alpha 3 because I like the roster and it has Sakura. And Sakura is my fucking girl. Joe and, and Wang love Third Strike. Still a great game. A, a really good game, actually. But I hate that roster. It doesn't have Sakura. And... I can play Ryu, he's in every game, but I don't like to just always pick Ryu, and granted Sakura is very similar to Ryu, but I just love Sakura. Um, like, I can play around with Ibuki, a few other characters, but the roster is a big reason why I don't like Third Strike. I don't prefer Third Strike over Alpha 3, for instance. So roster definitely affects it. Again, with something like Smash, the roster is comprised of these legendary characters that I love. So Smash wins my heart over no matter what. Um, anime fighters, a lot of reasons why I get pulled into those is the character designs. Or if it's a game like Dragon Ball Fighter Z, obviously I have a an affinity for Dragon Ball. So that's an easy slam dunk for them. Um, and I guess what makes or breaks a game is... It, it depends. I mean, you got to have people to play with. A fighting game gets very stale if you don't have people to play with. In this day and age, a lot of games have online, so that's a help. But playing a fighting game online is is not the easiest thing sometimes because any input lag at all really affects the match. Like when we were playing Smash one time, Smash Ultimate, and Jeff was in the room, and Jeff's in China right now, and you know just just the distance 
that the game is traveling for that session, there was a lot of input lag. You were in that room, right? Yeah. It was it was ba- it was hard to play. It was very difficult. Um, so input lag, like you might notice it in other games, but in a fighting game, it is very difficult to to deal with. Um, so it's not the most ideal way to play those games. Like playing local is obviously the best option. Obviously, not always the option. So what makes or breaks a game for sure is definitely the ability to play with other people. If it's a fighting game that just came out in you know today's generation and it doesn't have online or a good online, it might be hard if you, unless you have people to always play it with. Um, and really balance. And you can say that about a lot of games. Like if Overwatch wasn't constantly balanced and it was unbalanced and they never updated it, that would be a hard game to play. It would lose traction very quickly. Uh, same thing with, with a fighting game. I mean, Smash, you'll hear some people say certain characters are over, uh, overpowered or, or unfair or whatever. Um, over time, they will update those characters. They'll definitely balance the roster a little bit. Will it be perfect? No. Will people complain? Of course. It's just like every other game. Todd complains about Overwatch every day. Um, and that, that's why there's a meta that exists. Even if, even if the game is balanced, there's going to be people that complain about x character and eventually they'll adjust x character and then y character will become overpowered and it's just that's the way it is if it's going to be a game that lives and breathes it will be that way um it's not always the case though i mean again unless you're looking to really dig into like a competitive scene sometimes it being unbalanced isn't always necessarily game breaking like marvel versus capcom 2 for me is one of my favorite fighting games of all time uh Part of that is just because I grew up on that game. Um, I don't know why I said part of that because that's nothing to do with what I was going to say next. But I, I love that game. I'm obviously not a big into the competitive fighting scene of that game at all personally. Like I'm not personally competing against people. But there are a bunch of unbalanced characters in that game. And that came out, I don't know, probably late 90s early yeah late 90s or early 2000s maybe 99 or 2001 or something um i I don't really know the exact year it came out but it was definitely early early in that time so games weren't getting updated they weren't going to patch characters they weren't going to do anything like that so it was what it was and the competitive scene of that game i don't think exists anymore maybe it does a little bit but it is unbalanced like magneto sentinel storm there's a lot of unbalanced characters in that game um, which over time, if the game, if there's a game like that, it would break the competitive scene for sure. Um, but again, if you're not looking to dive into a competitive game, then it, it, that part shouldn't really matter. Um, but yeah, that's uh, I'm, fighting games for me are are a big part of my gaming history. Grew up on Street Fighter Two. Again, I've always played games like Mortal Kombat, Killer Instinct, uh, Tekken. But Street Fighter as a series has always had my heart. Obviously Smash. Um, the other thing with Street Fighter is that they always had the Breakout versus series. Like Marvel vs. Capcom, Capcom vs. SNK. Um, so there was always a lot of things for me to play in that style of fighting. I like Soul Calibur as well. Soul Calibur would probably be my third fighting franchise. Or f- like fighting style. I'd go, I'd go Smash, Street Fighter, probably Soul Calibur would be how I would rank my personal fighting agenda and then I and then I would probably put anime fighters as just a group. So like Blaze Blue, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Blade Strangers, stuff like that. Uh and then I'd you know, I don't know, I guess Tekken and then and then Mortal Kombat. I don't really like Mortal Kombat. 
you've mentioned. I just, I don't know. I just never got into it. I, I, I appreciate some of their characters. But it's, as a, as a, as a fighting, as, as the fighting systems go in that, I just, they don't gel with me. And again, it gets tough because for me personally, and I know Wang has the same issue actually, is we grew up on Street Fighter. So like Street Fighter fighting mechanics are ingrained in our brain. So outside of that, you have to really learn. It, it's it's like with anything. you ha- It's like a new language. You have to learn it. Um, that's pretty much all I got to say. I was excited to talk about that topic. I, I really like fighting games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anything else to add, Mike? Uh, no. Well, that will wrap this episode of the Pass the Controller Up. Pass the Controller Up. The Pass the Controller Podcast Up. Um, thank you for tuning in. If you tuned in to Twitch Live, thank you for checking us out live. This, of course, will air on your favorite podcast platform later this weekend. Um, you can always find all of our content at PassController.io, on Twitter and on Instagram at PassController, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash PassController. If you want to help support us, easiest way to do that, the freest way to do that, is to leave us a review on iTunes and share the podcast on social media. Those are the two easiest and freest ways to really help impact us in our growth and our show. Um, I just... We just launched Bits and Brews, which is a silly little attempt, my attempt at being funny, uh, pairing beer and video games. It I've received actually some some nice messages about it. People have reached out to me and said that they've enjoyed it. People that I don't ingest our content normally, which is great. Um, so that, that was uh, really refreshing to hear. I was nervous about posting it. Uh, it's a new venture. I've never really made YouTube content, put my mug on the screen like that. It's a lot to take in. Uh, and obviously I was trying to be comedic, which isn't like my, I'm not like known for being the funny guy. So uh, if it's, if it gets received well, people like it, people want more, we'll make, we'll make more. If not, it is what it is. It's just a little extra bonus thing. Um, you're going to see more additional content throughout the year from us doing, doing new different things. The podcast will always be the bread and butter. It'll always be what we do over here. Um, but yeah, you can support us in all those ways. You can also buy something from our shop at pastthecontroller.threadless.com or pastthecontroller.io slash store. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's all I get this week. Mike? Yeah, what he said. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Past the Controller Podcast. Episode 124.